This episode of the Fresh Start Family Show is brought to you by our Quick Start Learning Bundle, how to build a compassionate, firm, and kind discipline toolkit that works with kids of all ages. Head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your Quick Start Bundle so you can get going today on building up a strong, compassionate, discipline toolkit in your home. Well, hey there, families. I'm so excited that you are here for a new episode of the Fresh Start Family Show. I am your host, Wendy Snyder, positive parenting educator and family life coach. And on the show today, we have Mayuko Okai, who is a registered dietitian and an intuitive eating specialist and coach. She's the founder of a program called Food Liberation, and she supports individuals with so much good stuff when it comes to mindful and intuitive eating. So today we're actually talking about how we can make sure that we are modeling and passing on healthy habits for our kids when it comes to eating and food and drink and all the things. And I really loved this conversation because for me, intuitive eating is a new concept that I'm learning about. Um, I'm learning to work with my body. I've been learning for a long time, but you've probably heard this term come up more and more lately, intuitive eating. And so I have been enjoying learning about this in regards to my own journey with my own health and my own things that I struggle with when it comes to eating and drinking and all the things. And you'll hear on this episode that I do get pretty vulnerable. I share some things that I struggle with um, and I share some things that I'm working on and because we're all we're all a work in progress, right? We're all um, aiming to have healthy relationships in our life, whether it's with kids, our spouse, or with food and drink. And so I just love the energy that Mayuko brings to the table. And I think you're really going to benefit from this conversation. So um, I think especially because when we look at what we are doing in our homes when it comes to food, you guys know if you hang out with me, at all, that I am always going to help us remember that what we model really will affect our children. So if we have an unhealthy relationship, or if we have tons of emotional eating and drinking going on, or if we have tons of restriction and harsh thoughts around food or body image or whatever it may be, that is definitely, most likely, definitely most likely, I will say this, it is most likely going to be something that rubs off on our children. And it's not like we're trying to have them pick up our habits or have them pick up our mindsets. And often I will tell you that is what happens. So this is just an invitation to take part in this conversation to look at what is your relationship with food. And of course, as we go into the holidays, this is something that I think is great to talk about right now because Christmas and the New Year can can definitely bring up some sticky feelings around food and our body image. And there's always the new year, like redo your body, lose all the weight, all the things, right? Like 10,000 reasons why um, you need to reset or whatever it may be. So it's just a good time to look at this. So I know you're going to enjoy this episode. And I especially love Mayuko's work because she also, in addition to helping her clients and doing all the work that she does, she also has a scholarship program for teens with disordered eating. So I'll make sure I put that link in the show notes page. So if you happen to have a son or daughter who struggles with um, healthy eating, or I should say, 
you know, disordered eating, that is something that Mayuko would love to support with. Or if you have friends who might have teens that struggle with this, make sure that you send them Mayuko's way because she really is just wonderful and so full of wisdom in this area. And she has that 100% scholarship program. So without further ado, enjoy this episode, families. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much to each and every one of you. I see you. I admire you. And it's just such an honor to support and encourage you all. Well, hey there. I'm Stella. Welcome to my mom and dad's podcast, The Fresh Start Family Show. We're so happy you're here. We're inspired by the ocean, Jesus, and rock and roll, and believe deeply in the true power of love and kindness. Together, we hope to inspire you to expand your heart, learn new tools, and strengthen your family. Enjoy the show! Well, hey there, families, and welcome to a new episode of the Fresh Start Family Show. I am excited to be here today with Mayuko Okai, who is a intuitive eating coach and registered dietitian and yoga teacher. Welcome, Mayuko. Thank you so much for having me, Wendy. It's such a pleasure to be here today. Yes, and you're coming to us all the way from Japan. What time is it in Japan right now? It is 6 (laughs) a.m. Good morning. Well, thank you so much for for getting up so early. Um, We are so grateful that you're here. So today, Mayuko is going to be talking to us um, about what we can do as parents to make sure we're preventing our kids from getting any type of disordered eating. So I think this is such an incredible conversation to have right now because at the time of this recording, we are still knee deep in, you know, the world pandemic and um, also just lots of civil unrest here in the United States around Mm -hmm. politics and government. And I know whenever I experience kind of um, something that I know everybody else is too, and oh my goodness, the, the whole like food and drink (laughs) as a way to like Mm. calm your nerves, stress eating, stress drinking. Um, It definitely probably is pretty flared up for people right now. Um, Mm -hmm. So we're just excited to soak up your wisdom today. Um, And specifically, Mayuko is going to give us three points of wisdom around how, number one, we can start with assessing our own relationship with food as a parent and drink. I'm sure we'll talk about number two, how we can start to learn Learn to pay attention to the language we use around food, drink, and our body. And number three, how we can begin um, our own healing in order to have a healthy relationship with food and drink and how much that actually affects our kiddos. So this is going to be good. I have a lot of <laughs> um, stuff to share with you too that I think it'll make um, help to make this kind of real life as far as examples go for my own life. Um, but Mayuko, will you just start us off by telling us a little bit about your journey, why you're so passionate about helping people in this area and how you got to where you are and what you do in your practice? Sure, absolutely. So I became a registered dietitian back in 2009. And back then I started off as a clinical dietitian. So I was working in the hospital setting, seeing dozens of patients every day. And, you know, although I came into this field because I truly wanted to help people in the health and 
I really cared about people's happiness and health. And when I entered it, it was just very different from what I imagined because these people were sick and they couldn't eat you know, the things that they wanted and they were on restrictive diets and, you know, the care that I provided was so limited, so restricted, and it was very prescriptive. Like you're on this diet, you can't eat all of these foods on top of, you know, you're on bed rest. And it was just not expansive at all. I wasn't providing any healing. I feel like I was taking away from them. And so, you know, I struggled with that for a really long time. um, And I stayed in healthcare for eight years, um, not really knowing what to do. And I, (laughs) yeah, and I went on my own personal journey through yoga. And that was really transformative for me. It was a yoga philosophy, the way of thinking and just the spiritual aspects of it, emotional care. And that really clicked for me. And I realized, wow, I am not practicing my truth. I'm not following my truth. And so I decided to shift. Um, I made a big leap and left my career behind and started to teach yoga. But at the same time, you know, I did have a very in-depth background in nutrition. So I decided that I wanted to uh, marry the two, nutrition and yoga, but in a way that really made sense for me because I really knew that somewhere deep inside that I can help people again in health and becoming uh, happier, right? So I found intuitive eating and that just really resonated with me. And I was like, yes, this is exactly what I want to teach because so many people have issues with their relationship with food. And I just saw so many people struggling, but it's not something that becomes diagnosed very often. It's not what people go to the doctor for, right? Oftentimes they go to the doctor and they're just told that they need to lose weight because of their BMI. And that is really not the solution. It's really about your emotional health and that relationship with food how you take care of your body, because we have become so disconnected from the body. And so I really wanted to uh, bring back that mind and body connection that we've lost along the way from years of dieting as a culture, as a society. And so right now I have a program called Food Liberation, where I coach mostly women who are struggling with disordered eating, eating disorder, or just want to really heal their relationship with food. And for me, ultimately, I want people to be able to live their authentic life, to be able to do the things that they love. And that food relationship can be a huge barrier to that if you're constantly thinking about food, if you're constantly thinking about weight gain in your body, um, you know, that takes up so much space in these women's lives that if, and if we can really clear that they can really flourish, thrive and be their, you know, amazing selves for their family, for themselves, for their friends, show up for work and everything. So um, that is my passion. And I am so grateful to have found this um, work and, yeah, that's, that's the gist of my work. <laughs> I love it. Oh my goodness. Well, I have a few questions for you. So mm-hmm. I, um, this, this word intuitive eating, I think is kind mm-hmm. of like, I don't know, for me, it just came on to 
my like into my world. I never had heard mm-hmm. this word before like a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want to hear from you. What, what do you define intuitive eating as? And then I, I want to share just a little bit about my experience of what I've seen in my own lifetime and, and what I, what I've, um, kind of struggled with that I'm, mm-hmm. you know, can't wait to hear your guidance on. So, but what is the kind of the definition of intuitive eating? Sure. Um, so I want to say a few things. First, I just listened to your the replay of your live from this morning. And okay. I, I wanted to share this because first of all, I loved your energy. Um, but second of all, you talked about authoritarian, I think you said authoritarian leadership versus yeah. democratic leadership. And uh and then also democratic way of parenting. Yep. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, democratic way of parenting, but democratic way of taking care of your body. Right? Oh, beautiful. <laughs> it just clicked. <laughs> That's perfect. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So what what I mean by that is, well, intuitive eating is something that a registered dietitian, well, two registered dietitians came up with to help people become free from food, from diet culture. It's an anti-diet movement. And it's really the way we used to eat back before diets, but also how babies eat, how toddlers eat. When we knew what to put in our bodies, hey, I'm hungry. I feel like eating this in this amount. Oh, I'm full. I'm done eating. Not... I need to finish my food. I need to clean my plate. Not, this is what diet culture tells me. I need to not eat these foods. These foods are bad for me. These foods are good for me. I need to be this weight because I want to be accepted. I want to be attractive. I need to be healthy in quotes. Um, I need to, you know, there's so many shoulds around the way we need to eat and the way we need to look. And so it's really about moving away from that and coming back to our true way of eating. And that means our body actually knows how we need to eat, what foods we need, how we need to nourish both the mind and body. And also the emotional aspect of eating is completely ignored in diet culture. I want to eat this. Nope. You can't have that. I feel like, nope, no feelings, no thoughts. <laughs> you need to be eating this. And that. So we're bringing back the emotions as part of eating. And I think democratic way of eating is a really great way to um, explain intuitive eating. So if that made any sense as to what this is. Yes. Oh my goodness. That makes perfect sense. And yeah, what Mayuku is um, talking about is this idea, you know, what I teach in the parenting world is that to find that middle ground between too firm and too kind, which I've recently started to say that there is no too kind in the world. Like kindness is unlimited, but permissive. So that middle ground between too firm, which is that usually that authoritarian kind of autocratic, my way or the highway, like there is, <laughs> there is stuff going on there that is not so healthy. And then the permissive mm-hmm. side, but right in the middle is that firm and kind. And I can see how that totally applies to how we take care of our body, how we listen to our bodies, how we honor our bodies. And that's just a beautiful way of putting it. Um, I, as I was preparing for this interview today, I was just reflecting back on, and I, I think I shared this with you earlier when we talked mm-hmm. to you, but 
Um, I know, I know that there are so many people who struggle with food, um, just because of the, the incredible friends I've made later in life. But it's interesting. I grew up in a home where, um, there was a few things I would hear my mom say about her body Mm -hmm. and it was always around her tummy, (laughs) but everything else was pretty rock solid. Like I was a super kind of chunky kid. Mm -hmm. Um, when I was in like third and fourth grade, I was like, I, I was adorable, but I was a big girl. And I just remember my parents never said anything. They never worried. Well, maybe they did worry, but they did. They never said anything. They just, Mm -hmm. they just honored me and kept me active and they did not stress at all. And Mm -hmm. it never became an issue. It never was an issue. In the sixth grade, I think I caught a flu or something and you know, lost a few pounds, my body normaled out. It just, it became healthy. Um, but as, as I grew up, I realized, um, and I also watched my dad take care of himself really well. Um, but there just, it wasn't, it wasn't an issue. And I grew, as I grew up, I realized how thankful I am for that because I have seen so many friends who are now moms Mm -hmm. who really struggled with eating disorders, especially once they got to high school and college. And, um, and then because I'm a parenting educator, I started to see um, things that would be said by moms, especially to their daughters, mm-hmm. um, or even like things um, friends, parents will say to my daughter just because she's like super tall and and kind of lengthy and and mm-hmm. um, thin is the word they were u- they'll use. Mm-hmm. And so I see it out in the world everywhere, right? And I can just yeah. imagine how much it affects the kids and how much the generational cycles get repeated. Like if uh, a mother, especially, I would have to imagine with daughters, like if they are hard on themselves, if they are constantly obsessing, if they are constantly, if there is an unhealthy relationship with food, then I can see how that'll get passed on. And I can't wait to hear you speak about the points of how we prevent that from happening. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is, is that I thought was so interesting preparing for this and you know, can't wait to apply all your wisdom is, is what I have struggled with over the years personally has been the drink side. And I imagine that that goes hand in hand with the food, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when it comes to like wine and spirits and, and stuff like that, um, as teenagers, being a positive parenting educator, I, I look back, my husband and I've been together for 25 years. And by the time we were 13, we were burying our feelings of not feeling like we belonged, not, you know, whatever it was, not feeling powerful, um, just the stress that we experienced um, within our own homes. We just buried it right into the party scene. So from the age of literally, probably even younger wow. than 13, between 11 and 13, we were partying and it was like so accepted. Right. Um, and it was, and then through high school, I mean, that was what you did when you lived in Maryland. I shouldn't say all kids, but that was what our (laughs) circle did. Um, you know, it was like Friday night, like where, what backyard barn are we going to have a keg in? And they just, when I look back, I'm like, I know. a great way to bury our feelings. Like we were not like going through any uh, emotional healing back then when it came to like Mm -hmm. relationships with our parents or just stress of being a teen. So, but when I look back, it's no wonder that once 
you know, I had a kid or two that um, I never really learned how to um, regulate that, so to speak. So it came up, it came to a point where this last year I was like, you know what, I think I need to take a break from my wine habit. And, you know, I stopped drinking for a while thinking like, maybe this is an addiction thing. And then it was pretty cool to watch what God did in my heart and my mind, because what he actually healed me from was shame. And it was a shame element Mm. that was causing me um, to have like, excessiveness every once in a while. It wasn't like, I never felt like I was a full alcoholic, Mm -hmm. but there was something within this shame element that showed up in other areas of my life. And as a life coach, I know how um, detrimental that is. And, but it was so fascinating because once I felt like I was healed from that, then Mm -hmm. I was able to have more of a healthy relationship. I say more of because I feel like I've been healed. However, there's still maintenance to be done. Like at the Mm -hmm. time of this recording last night, In the U.S., we had um, one of the worst days we've ever experienced in this country with um, Capitol Hill being stormed and just, I think, all of our hearts. And I know you too, Mayuku. I mean, you lived in the U.S. for a long time. Um, Our hearts were shattered. I mean, we we were all feeling scared. We were angry. We were hurt. And I noticed that I was like, oh, yeah, I'm reaching for that drink. So it's uh, at least the awareness is there now that... Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm on a journey, like so many other people, to just keep building up the healthy relationship. And what's cool is that I didn't feel like when I woke up this morning that the shame was there, but I did have the awareness around like, oh, that's so fascinating. Like, Mm -hmm. I still go there when I'm stressed, when I'm like overwhelmed, when I'm scared, when I'm hurt. Um, And so it's just, it's such a fascinating subject to me. So there's all that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, food is some is one thing we go to when we're stressed, when we're anxious, when we're sad, lonely, all of these things. When we have feelings, we turn to food, right? But there's so many other things that we turn to. We turn to alcohol. Uh, we turn to our phones, TV, yeah. gambling, shopping. There's all of these things that we turn to. It's just really what, what are you turning to, you know, but it's not the restriction, but it's really about how you're handling the situation, how you're handling the emotions, but also giving yourself permission to indulge too, right? If you're having a bad day, like last night, it was completely appropriate to (laughs) binge eat, to, to go all out, you know? And you know, that's totally fine because that's how we learn to cope as a kid. When we cry, we ha- we got milk, you know, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's what we, how we grew up. But of course, if that's a daily thing, if you're not able to manage your emotions on a regular basis, on a daily basis, then it's time to take a look at it and say, hey, what's going on? How can I break this cycle? not how can I stop eating bad food, right? It's really about what taking a step back, looking at the big picture and saying, oh, what am I doing that's causing me to binge eat? What is my what is the reason I'm reaching for alcohol? And you said I'm observing. So you you clearly have this perspective of, oh, okay, I'm doing this because of this. And that is really the approach we want to take, the observation. And that is a very a yogic perspective of observing the mind. So I believe that's a really great place to be in to 
to have that uh, view and to heal from that space. Let's chat for a hot sec, openly and honestly about what your discipline toolkit looks like in your home right now. If you're anything like most parents, you're relying on the hand-me-down set you inherited. Timeouts, spankings, threatening of spankings, taking iPads away, three, two, one countdowns, groundings, taking away toys, e-bikes, iPhones, any or all of those kind of tactics that create a total relationship strain and don't even work long-term to end your child's misbehavior for good. Meaning, you might spank your child or send them to timeout today for being, air quotes, mean to their sister or disrespecting you, but then three days from now, they're repeating the same misbehavior, which causes you to flip your lid because you know they know better. I want to help you learn a new way so you can end the vicious cycle that's keeping you stuck as a parent and causing you to feel super frustrated that nothing is working to get your strong-willed, stubborn child to behave better. My team and I have recently completely refreshed our Compassionate Discipline Quick Start Learning Bundle to help you learn a new way to teach your kids important life lessons, a new way to help your children learn from their mistakes and take responsibility for their actions. You can just DM me the word shift over on Instagram. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy, and I'll personally send you a message with a link to download this free bundle. I'm going to help you shift out of a punishment mindset and into a compassionate discipline one where you fully trust that connection-based, firm and kind discipline tools are all you need to be a strong leader in your home who holds your kids responsible when they misbehave, but does it in a way where they are learning the vital life skills they are missing when they mess up. So again, just DM me the word shift over on Instagram. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy, or you can head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your free bundle now. I am so excited for you to shift out of feeling guilty and shameful when you lay your head on your pillow at night and shift into feeling confident and proud of the way you handled yourself as a parent, even when you were wildly triggered and upset about the mistake your child made. Okay, I'm excited for you to dive into this free resource. I'll see you in my DMs and inside the free discipline bundle. Yes. Yeah. What was so interesting as I went through, I feel like 2020 was just a crazy, a weird year for all of us. I've actually yeah. taken crazy out of my language. It was a, a <laughs> journey for all of us, right? It's a journey um, for sure. Yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, what I, what I realized was the restriction actually did create shame. So I remember I was working with um, this beautiful mentor of mine who really helped me through this healing process, like with God. And she, she, and I said to her, I mentioned something about like, I stopped drinking. I'm never going to drink again. And at the time I was feeling so proud of myself. Cause I was like, that's it. I'm just going to live alcohol free for the rest of my life. And, and I know so many people as you're listening, like if it's food for you, it's food for you. Right. Like we all, like my said, we all just have different things. Maybe it's shopping, but today we're talking about food. Mostly mm-hmm. I'm talking a little about drink, but I, her ears perked up, perked up. And she was like, what did you say? And I was like, I'm never like never. <laughs> and she was like, Oh, I, I don't say that. Like, and I, I it was kind of surprising because like, I'm thinking mm-hmm. like in the Christian space, like someone's going to be like, yes, stop drinking. It's bad for you. And she was like, no, don't make those type of agreements. She's like, you do what sh- you do, what's in line with you, what, what's in line with, you know, God and all mm-hmm. this stuff. And I was like, oh, and it just was so awesome because as I came out of that season, I realized that 
there was still shame being associated it with it. And the restriction was actually not healthy, like from me, from my, me, my own right. personal experience. Mm-hmm. Now that's not the same mm-hmm. for everybody. Um, but I found that really fascinating. So your for your first point that I think we just beautifully covered was assessing our relationship with food as a parent, but tell us mm-hmm. just a little bit more. Now we're adding as a parent to it. Mm-hmm. So tell us a right. little bit more um, about the assessing our relationship part. Sure. Yeah. So a lot of women come to me, a lot of moms come to me because they want to heal their relationship with food because they have daughters and they want to be a good role model for them. And they're scared that they're going to pass on some of their toxic habits to them. And what I find is that most of these women have had childhoods where their parents or teachers, you know, authority figures tell them, have um, have commented on their bodies. And that's where the dieting starts at a very, very young age. And it's very unfortunate. And we do want to break that cycle. And so first and foremost, it's really important just to notice what your relationship with food is, right? It's not something that we think about on a regular basis. What is our relationship with food? Do you have rules around food? Do you diet? Do you go on, do you yo-yo diet? Maybe you don't even call it a diet, but you might say, oh, these are bad foods. I don't eat these foods. I have only a little bit of these foods or these are treats only when I deserve it, right? So these are all different types of relationships with food that have rules and that can contribute to dieting and disordered eating patterns. And so we really want to take a look at what we're doing, our actions around food, and also our thoughts around food. And so just really taking a step back and saying, oh, what do I not allow myself Maybe it's time restriction. Maybe it's types of food. Maybe you're saying, I only, I don't eat processed foods at all, right? And that's fine as long as you have a healthy eating habit that doesn't affect you emotionally. And people can go on diets and it's fine. They're happy and they're free and that's great. But most people cannot handle rules and restrictions when it comes to food. And discipline is not where we want to go to with food because we need to nourish the body. And the body is a very complex mechanism, as we all know. And if we're restricting from the place of the mind, it's not really going to take us far, right? It might be a couple months before we start falling off the dieting wagon and we feel guilty and we have this uh, unhealthy cycle. So it's just really about what is my relationship with food? Do I have any rules? How do I speak of my body? How do I view my body? Okay. What is my relationship with my body? It's just really about starting there and everyone has their own story, but just starting there, I think is a great way to assess as a parent. Yes, because I always say too that uh, what what I find with working with parents is, so the initial thing when I hear you say that is like, look at your relationship, what are your rules, what are everything? And 
I was going to say your kids see all that, right? But yes, here's, exactly. Here's, mm-hmm. here's my opinion around that too, which happens with a lot of the families I work with, um, not so much in this area, but in anything else. Even the unspoken things that you mm-hmm. live out and that you think in your head, they somehow magically <laughs> know yes, about. Like, yes. Whether it's uh-huh. the thoughts, <laughs> it's the tone, it's like they know mm-hmm. what's going on. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that beautiful awareness piece, just starting out, just knowing, like, let's bring it to the surface so then we can, you know, kind of figure out what we're going to do with it. So that's right. awesome. And then number two, learn to start paying attention to language around mm-hmm. food and body. So is there anything more mm-hmm. um, you want to say about that? Just and or Sure. Yes. Um, so it's really this, you know, same thing, but what are you saying about your body? Are you saying, oh, my tummy or, oh, I'm gaining weight right? We really don't want to be saying these things because these are very uh, diet culture language that kids are really tuning into. So I would say first, don't talk about your body. Okay. And shift your perspective on your body if you can, but first be careful about what you're saying about your own body. Okay. Or even dieting or food. Oh, I shouldn't be eating that. I can't eat that. Right. And also stop talking about other people's bodies. As a society, we just need to stop talking about other people's bodies. There's this whole fat phobia that we need to release, but that's a whole different conversation. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But yes, you know, stop talking about other people's bodies. Stop talking about your kids' bodies if you already are. Um, And if your kids are talking about their bodies, you know, come to a more neutral place. We don't necessarily need to be on the complete positive side. We don't need to be on the negative side, but maybe being neutral. It doesn't really matter what size you are, right? And we need to stop equating uh, higher weight or fat to uh, health risks, you know, unhealthy. Okay, we need to detach that. So we need to let our children thrive and grow, right? They're adjusting in their bodies. They don't need to know about what dieting is. They need, don't need to know about restricting their food because that can really lead to very disordered eating patterns. So, so again, I uh, don't talk about your body. Don't talk about dieting or uh, restricting foods. And one thing I also want to mention again, bring back is um, food as a treat. So, I did a good job today, so I'm going to reward myself by having a piece of cake or a piece of candy or a piece of chocolate, whatever it is. That sends the message to you and your children that these processed foods or these sugary foods, these quote-unquote bad foods are only available if we behave well. and Or are stressed, right? <laughs> or right, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if it's a stress thing, then it's guilty, right? You you feel guilty after you have it, but then you can also deserve it, right? And then comes punishment, right? What is punishment for, oh, I didn't have a good day, right? Or I didn't do the things I needed to do. I wasn't good today. Then what happens? You don't deserve the foods that you enjoy, right? So it just can create, it just can create an unhealthy, unbalanced relationship with certain types of food. 
So we just really need to be careful with that. And I don't mean go out and eat all the sugar you want to give all the sugar to your kids. That's not what I mean. That's not what intuitive eating means. But if you need to heal your relationship with food, as in if you do have a toxic relationship with food, we need to start giving yourself permission and start looking at food as neutral, all food as neutral, treating them as neutral so that we don't have that energetic charge around food. So that's why it's really important to pay attention to what we're saying around food. And one last thing I want to add in this piece is uh, cleaning your plate. You know, a lot of us have grown up with parents saying, hey, you need to finish your food. Someone is starving on the other side of the world, right? Yep. And I understand that we need to be very grateful for the food, right? We understand that concept, but what does that send? uh, What message does that send to our bodies? That says, hey, I know you're full. I know my body is full, but I need to finish this food. I'm going to ignore my fullness and eat, right? And then the body becomes confused, right? It's accepting food, even if it's not wanting it anymore. So then the mind can no longer detect that fullness, that satiety. And that's really important. Our hunger cues, our fullness cues are really important to pay attention to in order for us to eat the right amount for our bodies, not right amount as in calories, not what has been calculated out or what you see as a portion size, but what your body is needing as nourishment. So oh, I love it so much. <laughs> yeah. So it, it bring, it just breaks my heart because obviously here in America, we have such a culture that basically relies um, on rewards a lot of times, right? Rewards and punishment. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the classic parenting model, but like almost, you know, gosh, I would imagine the majority of families across the world, like you have to finish your plate before you get up. If you don't, you get punished and there's power struggles all over the place. Like I hear members often before they learn a different way, like they have that going on where they're just like, you have to finish your plate. You have to eat your vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also the rewards, right? Like that's one of my favorite things is actually helping parents get off the reward train, um, mm-hmm. whether it's potty training or eating your vegetables or staying in your bed all night. But I can see how that jacks us up so much. And um, yeah, it's just awesome to, to help families find a different way because there is such other beautiful different ways to motivate your children, to help them develop that intrinsic right. self-control. It's awesome. Right. And then the other thing that made me think of when you were just talking um, that was so cool was the I guess I had shared this with my daughter and she probably had heard me say this, but it was, it was cool to hear her, her say this. So she's, she's 13 now. And even though I never like struggled in this area, as far as food goes growing up, mm-hmm. I've like I said, I've had enough friends when I got older that I definitely look at her now. And I'm like, I have an eye, right. I'm like, just making sure I'm just like, that stuff doesn't go south at all. Cause you never know what friends could come into the picture or influences could right. be had. But, um, like uh, one of my staff members actually pointed out because she had she had actually fainted once down at Target um, a few months ago, mm-hmm. and my one of my staff members had pointed out, just, oh my gosh, goodness, like 
you know, make sure you look at that, make sure you do this. But she kind of brought up what seemed like an intuitive eating thing. Um, Long story short, she said, you might just want to check in and make sure that it's not part of this perfectionist element because my daughter and I are like perfectionists. We will work our tail off. Mm -hmm. We, she will, she like, she is a straight A student. She is the strongest willed person on the planet. She's a perfectionist. Um, And my, my staff member, Christy had said, yeah, when I was in high school and in college, I used to like, I actually got into a season where it became unhealthy because food was like not even on my radar. I was too busy to consider even nourishing my body. And so she Mm. said she had some fainting spells. And so it just started to become on my radar of like, okay, I got to make sure I support her. And just remembering that this is like an important element that um, food is here to um, just nurture us and provide provide, um, such beautiful things. And, And it is important. It's an important part of our day. And then I looked at probably some of the things I've modeled of, of, you know, Mm -hmm. eating at my desk or grabbing a bar and a banana for lunch or something. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, I got something, some things to clean up there. Um, But last thing I was going to say that I did like what she had said to me um, probably just last week, I think we were talking about new years and what our hopes and dreams were from the, for the new year. And she said, you know, I'm really just want to be healthy and I can't wait to get your thoughts Mm -hmm. on this, my girl. But she Mm -hmm. said, I'm really looking to like, Um, I forget her exact words, but she said something about honor my body, take care of my body and, um, and just really focus on health. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. And, and then she also had said, um, that when she's eating lately, she's trying to just eat till she's full and not overstuff herself. And again, I'm watching with this very watchful eye, just making sure Mm -hmm. it doesn't go weird at all. Mm -hmm. But I thought back to, I had just read um, a a cook is kind of a cookbook and a book about the blue zones in the world. And one of them was actually in Japan. I forget Mm -hmm. what part of Japan, but there's six, six Mm -hmm. blue zones. And these are the top places where people live the longest. Mm, so was it Okinawa? Probably. Probably. I I wish I had the book with me. But <laughs> I thought it was so cool. And tell me if this is just all Japanese culture. But um, every time they said every time before they eat, they their like version of their little prayer is to say, okay, mm-hmm. we're going to um, eat till we're 80% full. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and that, yes. <laughs> that's so cool. And so I thought, oh, that, I think that example of intuitive eating where you're like, okay, I know mm-hmm. that it's going to take my body time to process. And so, mm-hmm. um, like you just set that intention of, I'm not going to overstuff myself. I'm, I'm going to give myself just what it needs and I'm going to be thankful for it. And I just mm-hmm. was like really cool. And then to hear her say that, mm-hmm. I think if I wouldn't have read that, I would have worried a little bit. Um, but I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that sound practice, it seems like. Wow, I can't believe that at such a young age, she is already speaking of honoring her body. And that's really amazing. It sounds like she is very intuitive and she's on her on her intuitive path, intuitive eating journey. Yeah. Yes, I hope so, because you know there's a lot of influence <laughs> of out there that is going to like course. pull her in different directions mm-hmm. as that intention teenage girls. Is very, it's powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, right? So, yeah. Okay. Well, our last point here, a point of wisdom, mm-hmm. is that we need to begin our healing in mm-hmm. in um, to nurture a healthy relationship with food and body for our kids. So, when yes. it comes to the healing component, what mm-hmm. do you recommend for that? 
Sure. So if you are feeling the need to heal your relationship with food, or you just want to explore your relationship with food, the first thing I recommend is mindful eating. And mindful eating is different from intuitive eating. Mindful eating is a is a technique, is a process of eating slowly, paying attention to your food, noticing your hunger and your fullness. Intuitive eating is the big picture. It's the journey of healing your relationship with food. Mindful eating is just a piece of intuitive eating. So there, there's some overlap, but not necessarily the same thing. And so mindful eating of, you know, it's just one piece of intuitive eating, but it's a really great place to start because it begins with the communication between the mind and body. And we want to understand what our body is doing because we're so disconnected from it for most of us. So very simple things you can do, things like eating without distractions, eating without the TV on or the phone. I know it can be really difficult as parents to not be distracted while eating. I don't mean eat a whole meal without any distraction, just do yeah. what's possible. You know, maybe it's just once in a while that you sit down with a nice meal and really pay attention to the food in front of you. you look at it with your eyes, you know, um, take one bite put your hands down, put your fork down and really chew and notice the experience of eating. How is that making you feel? How is the flavor? What is the texture of the food? We know already what the food is going to taste like. We just have this uh, not pre-knowledge, uh, right? Pre-existing knowledge, but experience it because it might be different, right? Maybe you don't even like that food, Maybe you don't like your grilled chicken salad, right? Maybe yeah. you're eating it because you, you feel like you should be eating it. So start noticing your body's responses in, in reaction to what you're eating. That's where mindful eating starts. And if you can do longer periods, include your family as part of this experience, you know, have your, if your kids are old enough to sit patiently and eat with you, try this out and say, hey, let's try this thing called mindful eating. What looks really good on your plate? What do you feel like eating first? Okay, so let's all take one bite of that food and put our hands down, close our eyes and notice what's going on. Okay, maybe share. Hey, how was your first bite? What did it taste like? What did it feel like? Did, did you like it? You know, oh, you didn't like it. Okay, that's okay. What do you want next? What's the next bite, right? So have your family involved if that's possible. And I think this is a really great exper experiment and experience for adults and children to really understand their body's responses. That is a really important beginning to healing your relationship with food or just understanding your relationship with food so that you do become an intuitive eater. And so you don't end up having disordered eating habits, right? Because you want to tune in and really give your body what it needs and honor your emotional health at the same time. Families, I have a question for you. Would you love to be able to set really strong boundaries and rules with your children and then follow through with consistency and firm kindness? If yes, listen up. 
I have a program called the Firm and Kind Parenting Blueprint that I'd love for you to go check out. You can learn more over at freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. Inside of this quick, easy to finish program, I'll teach you four steps to really setting those strong roles, but then following through in a way where you're using connection and firm kindness. And what I'll teach you will actually cause your children to want to cooperate with you because they truly respect you and value the rule and the boundary and understand how it serves them, not just something that they have to do or else. And it's just an incredible feeling when you go to bed at night knowing that you followed through on the rules and the strong boundaries in your home without relying on hand-me-down parenting tactics like fear, force, threats, yelling, harsh punishments that really create usually fear in your household, right? We want our children to listen to us because they respect us and because they understand why being part of the team, cooperating well, respecting rules, all those things, why that feels good as a human being. We want to do those things um, in ways that cause our children to want to respect us, not just because they're scared of us or a consequence. And that's exactly what I'm going to teach you inside this program. So again, head on over to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind to learn more. But in under an hour, this program will teach you some really effective strategies on how to create agreements with your kids instead of compliance statements, which is where a lot of parents go wrong and why their children don't end up respecting the rules or the agreements that they've made. And then I'm going to teach you how to use empathy. I'll teach you how to engage your kids' critical thinking skills when you tell them to do something and they say no. And then I'm also going to encourage you to understand how to empower your children. When children feel empowered, especially strong-willed kids, they will cooperate a whole heck of a lot easier, okay? So I want you to go learn about this program and let me know if you have any questions, freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. So I would oh. really begin there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I love it. Yeah. And I'm just like taking your wisdom and applying it to like, um, if I do to ha- have uh, uh, decide to have a glass of like my favorite Sauvignon Blanc or something on a Wednesday mm-hmm. night to actually like enjoy it, to look at the ingredients, yes. to think about the region that those grapes were grown in, to just kind of slow down and savor each sip, because I imagine that that leads to, like, I can imagine for me, shame reduction and just um, that joy. And that's what I do think mm-hmm. I feel like I have this year after I kind of went through that, heal. not kind of, I went through that healing around this is I, I am able to experience the joy of it more um, instead of mm-hmm. just thinking that what I'm doing is wrong. Right, right. Yes, yes. You want to feel empowered to make choices for yourself and discuss with your body, right? What's feeling good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as far as healing goes, like, I know you probably work a lot with clients as far as going underneath with the emotional Mm -hmm. component, right? Because I'm sure there's so much to unpack there that you have to find somebody. Oh my goodness. Right. (laughs) So is the message Mm -hmm. just find somebody, invest in somebody and (laughs) pour your guts out? Basically, yes. Um, but I, yes, I do have this method uh, through food liberation where we begin with mindful eating. Well, there's pre-intuitive eating stuff that we go into, perspectives and mindset 
shift and really understanding your relationship with food. But once we get into intuitive eating portion, we do mindful eating and then we go into emotional eating. So managing your emotions so that you're not overeating, you're not binge eating or maybe turning to alcohol, right? It's breaking that cycle and giving yourself that grace and finding other options, healthier alternatives to manage the stresses so that you're not turning to food. And then we go into giving yourself permission, right? Like you said, oh, I'm going to give myself permission to have this glass of um, wine. And that is very powerful. And then once you do all of that work, we go into, okay, so we've allowed yourself all of the foods that you want to eat, all the foods that you love, even the ones that were scary for you. Okay, now we can say, we can fine tune and say, hey, which foods work for my body, which foods don't. And that's not coming from a restrictive place of I shouldn't and I should based off of diet culture, but hey, I need to honor my body. For example, I don't drink caffeine because I can't sleep at night and I want to honor my sleep. You know, sleep is more important than the flavor of coffee and that awakeness, you know, during in that, you know, short period in the afternoon. So just making sure to know what your body needs and to become your own dietitian. You know, I don't tell anyone what to eat, what not to eat. You will be able to know what's best for you. So love it. coming into that place through that journey. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, okay. Awesome. I have one last question before you, for yeah, you before we course. wrap it up. So um, I'm, I'm, st- I'm in this interesting process with my son when it comes to food. So my little guy, okay. he's 10 now and he um, has had like really bad breathing. Um, so like not asthma, but definitely allergies. And we like have all these animals. Mm. <laughs> my husband and my, they're exactly mm. the same. My husband and my little boy, they have all these allergies, but they love animals and they mm. are like, say yes to the dog and the two cats and the fish. And oh my gosh, my kids are always asking me for more animals. But um, so I'm pretty oh. sure that he's he's living with allergies. And then um, he also has a tendency to get asthma sometimes if he gets a a cold or something, but we've tried so much over the years. Um, and this last fall, um, we decided because somebody else had done it and I've actually played around with this in the past, as far as elimination. And I hate the word diet, but it's in there Mm -hmm. because I've had a lot of inflammation in my body. So I've had six Mm -hmm. surgeries, you know, just tons as an athlete, just tons. Mm -hmm. And I've, I know, like, I know that my body loves an anti-inflammatory diet. There's that word again. Mm -hmm. It's like everywhere. Mm -hmm. I wish there was a different word for it. (laughs) So, but in the past, what's been hard is I go off and on and I haven't ever stayed. Right. But when I do, when I'm Mm -hmm. like eating super clean, I call it. So let's say, you know, gluten, dairy, um, those are kind of the big two and sugar. Um, Mm -hmm. let's just call it those three, um, that I feel less achy. I have less headaches, um, all this kind of stuff. So this last fall, we said, let's try it with Taryn. He had a buddy, his age, who his family Mm -hmm. was doing some stuff and he, he's my easygoing one. And he was like, sure, mama, let's try it. So we went, um, I think it was, we were, we're doing a month and the first two weeks he was breathing. It was crazy. So we did gluten, dairy, and sugar, and he was breathing. We were snuggling on the couch. And I just remember being like, 
Taryn, you're breathing like you are breathing mm. out of your nose. I mean, we've had surgeries to release his tongue tie. We've had mm. t- like myofunctional therapy to help him close his mouth, mm. um, to breathe out of his nose, all these things. We've had his adenoids checked. So I'm sitting there and I'm going, wow, this is powerful. This might be it. Like this might be what heals mm. him. And then, um, Uh, Halloween came, COVID got (laughs) worse, Christmas got, you know, Mm -hmm. and so we kind of went back and now is our second day of going back. And I want to make sure that I'm honoring her at him in this process because I don't, like I already see it's restrictive and it's hard, but at the same time, it's powerful, Mm -hmm. right? Like food can heal. And if they're, if we're putting Mm -hmm. something in our body, Mm -hmm. um, then that is, causing him this hardship, right? I mean, he gets sick easier. Mm -hmm. It's hard for him to eat because he he can't breathe out of his Mm -hmm. nose. He has to breathe out of his mouth and he's gotten used to it. But, um, but I just want to make sure that I'm honoring this process. Um, and I think I have a handle on it, but do you have Mm -hmm. any words of advice around this? Because on one hand, I think it's Mm -hmm. super powerful to experiment with this, Mm -hmm. especially with kids, because, I think if if there's anything that's contributing to kids not feeling well, not sleeping well, not breathing well, and you release that from them, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I feel like behavior can get better, their joy in life can get better, and I do not want to train my kids to go on this yo-yo mm-hmm. that yeah. I've kind of, I of have course. kind of experienced now that I think about it mm-hmm. with, with my mm-hmm. own journey with the anti-inflammatory stuff. Yeah, of course. And I think your approach is so beautiful that you are really honoring his needs on a level of, okay, his asthma is causing him to feel this way. Okay, let's try this approach. Okay, it's working, right? But you're also, you know, making sure that that doesn't turn into anything um, into a toxic eating pattern. And you know, it, it is hard to say, but at the same time, I think if you are including him into this decision-making process and asking him, hey, how are you feeling? How is this food making you feel? What is it like to restrict these foods and to be able to breathe better? Which which option do you like? You know, what what do you want to do? This is your body. This is your health. And how do you feel about this all? I think really engaging him into this care is really important. And I think you are already doing just that. So I think it's really beautiful. Cool. And I think it'll, it'll be as long as we, as soon as we make it to week three and four, it's going to be easy to do that. It's just that beginning stages that is a little uncomfortable and I feel scared about, but I will be brave and courageous. And it's like, you know, those moments when, you know, he reaches for like, the sugar bar, the kind bar, mm-hmm. which is like totally sugar. And I'm like, honey, no, like, remember, we're all together. We're doing this together, except <laughs> for my 13 year old. She's like, I'm not doing it. But, um, right. but those feel like those feel unaligned. But at the same time, right. my goal is to support mm-hmm. him so he can make the decision mm-hmm. at week four. Right. So that really helps. Thank you, Mayuko. Yeah. So, oh my goodness. Well, you have given <laughs> us so much wisdom today. Um, thank mm-hmm. you for sharing with us. Thank you for the work that you're doing to help women and um, to help end painful generational cycles. That's one of the biggest things that we love to do here at Fresh Start Family is end painful generational cycles. And often um, the disordered eating stuff definitely gets handed down, right? And so to know that you're coming in to support women to end that and to help give them 
a new path is so beautiful. So tell listeners where they can find you, where they can learn more about your programs um, and all that good stuff. Sure. And thank you so much for having me, Wendy. This was so much fun. I love talking about the work I do and it was, and you're just a ball of energy and fun. So I really love this. Um, So I have a program called Food Liberation. You can find me at food-liberation.com. And um, I have this 90-day private program where we really dive deep into your relationship with food and your body and look at the overall picture of your, your life, your support system. And we might be even looking at your relationships and work and are you aligned with your purpose and all of that stuff. But uh, we will really dive deep into your needs and customize the program so that you can really heal from whatever you are experiencing, whatever you picked up from childhood, all of that in a three-month span. And that journey that I've witnessed is truly transformational. So I'm really excited to bring on more women who are also spiritually minded to to want to be in the space of healing and open up their channels to be able to create more space and thrive. So um, if anyone is interested in even just having a conversation with me, we can have a call and chat and see if this works for you. So Thank you so I love much. it. Oh my goodness. Okay, <laughs> listeners, go find Mayuko and we'll make sure that we put um, your website in the show notes pages. Again, yeah. thank you for being here, Mayuko. Thank you so much, Wendy. For links and more info about everything we talked about in today's episode, head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash 108. And if you haven't yet, make sure you grab our free guide to raising strong willed kids with integrity at freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash strong willed kids. For more information, go to freshstartfamilyonline.com. Thanks for listening, families. Have a great day. All right, listeners, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it for you. As we wrap up here, don't forget to DM me the word shift or head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your free discipline quick start learning bundle. You'll get immediate access to download our extensive learning guide where I'll share five ways you can ditch the old school hand-me-down punishment mindset beliefs and thoughts that are causing you to react like a volcano instead of respond like the firm, kind, respectful teacher you are at your core. And then you'll also get immediate access to my on-demand workshop where I'll teach you our three core Fresh Start family strategies that make up a strong, compassionate, disciplined toolkit, as well as my favorite logical consequences that not only work with kids of all ages, but do wonders to unite you with your child and strengthen your relationship, even in your kids' worst moments. So pop on over to Instagram right now and just shoot me a DM with the word shift and I'll send you a personal link to download that bundle right away. Or you can head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to get access immediately. All right. Thanks for listening and I'll see you inside that free bundle and also inside the next episode.